Hey everybody, welcome back to the Simplicity Film Show. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. Today we have a very special guest coming to you guys all the way from Chicago, Andrew Padilla. He's a content creator, filmmaker, and business owner who's absolutely crushing it out there. Today we're going to be talking about how to stand out as a freelancer, and we're going to dive straight into it. I am here today with Hassan, a.k.a. Simplicity Films. We're going to be talking about freelancing, recording, getting your word out there. This guy is somebody I look up to for a credible source for a lot of information around filming, around freelancing, around everything business. This guy, Simplicity Films, has been traveling around the country for the past 9-12 months, been doing this thing for a short time, but has so much experience that you can accumulate to him. So a guy has been doing this for a lifetime. Uh, Simplicity Films will be talking about some things, how you can get your word out there, how to even start as a freelancer, and we'll be diving more into that as we progress in this podcast, and I hope you guys can enjoy this. I want to be able to give some context to tell you know who I am to make sure you guys are listening to a credible source out there because, you know, Hassan, I, I can tell you that you and I have experienced both hand, you know, many people that are online or people that, you know, may seem like a different person than they actually are in real life, so... You know, my story simply is I'm a creator, been doing this for around tw over 12 months now. Started with, you know, uh, Filmora and a, a, a Nikon camera that I bought for $300 off Craigslist. You know, I started with interviews from interviewing my mentors, all the way to worked up to actually doing full on corporate productions um, for, you know, $1,000 retainers. And the one thing that I can say that you're going to get out of this interview and why you should be listening to this is simply put, if you're a creator, if you're somebody who wants to be more of yourself, if you're not satisfied, I think this is going to be a really, really insightful, but also a detailed podcast for you. And the reason I say that is because Hassan and I are in the midst of it. We're in the grind of it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have it all figured out. I'm not even going to sit here and tell you that I'm satisfied with where I'm at. But we're in the grit of it. And I think that gives you more value than the guy who's been doing it for 10 plus years and just has things he remembers from the last year and a half. That guy for the 10 plus years may not know what you're going through that he was maybe going through 10 years ago and give you detailed solutions to actually overcoming your challenges. So that's who I am, a little short thing. Um, and I'm excited to be here, dude. So Hassan, to start off with, um, give people some context. I know you have fans on here and you have people that are listening to you. What is something that, if you could tell yourself, you know, way back when, when you first started out, like what is that one thing that you would uh, do differently or you would uh, approach, right, from a, from a freelancer standpoint? Is there something you would implement in your business earlier or do something earlier, you know, for that person who's been just about starting out right now? Yeah, so I think when you're first starting out, one of the biggest mistakes we do or the tendencies we have is we don't charge enough Right, we don't value our work, um, and I think that fear of you know charging the client too much, like you're always going to have that when you're first starting out. But really, if I were to go back, I would tell myself, hey, you know, start charging more because that's really what's going to get you to that higher level of work and higher level clients. Um, so really, if I were to go back, I would say you know charge more and don't be afraid to charge more, as long Most as you're providing really, as long as you're providing really high quality work. Most definitely, I feel like you're your own little voice in your head is going to be like, dude, you know, don't charge or go for free. And that parlays my next question. Um, for somebody who is like, dude, I listen to Gary Vee, I listen to all these influencers, they say work for free. How would you respond to that as if, you know, if knowing what you know now as a freelancer, um, 
you know, not to segue into, oh, I don't agree with everything today, but you, you just said, you know, I would charge higher. How would you know when to charge for free? Yeah, so I think it, it really depends on the client that you're working with, right? Let's say it's like a local, you know, pizza shop, for example. Doing something for free for them isn't going to give you that much return, right? You're, you're just creating a video and maybe they'll give you more work in the future. But for example, if, it, if it's, say, it's an influencer with a million subscribers or a million followers on Instagram, doing work for them for free initially might lead to a lot of other opportunities because they have such a large audience, right? He could refer you to someone, um, someone that's following them could see your work and reach out to you. And eventually, you know, you'll, you'll do paid work with this influencer. But if, if it's really, if you can get more eyeballs on your business and on who you are, I think that's worth doing something for free. And especially if it's someone, for example, like Gary Vaynerchuk at that level, there's, there's so much you're going to get out of that relationship other than just quick monetary gain. No, 100%. I, you hit it right in the head. It's like, is the monetary cost outweigh the benefit? And if it does, then you should probably charge. But I necessarily, I did things for free, you know, for the longest time, about like the first six or seven months when I was just interviewing people and trying to get my word out there and editing, like that was all for free and, you know, promos and that and everything around that. I don't think I really started making money, to be honest with you, like, seven months into what I was doing seriously um, yeah. and that looking back was really pivoted my success I granted my a lot of my free work to where I am now um, and I think you just have to you know kind of go with the flow and expect if you're gonna put all these good things out there if you're gonna put all these good intentions and you know good vibrations out into the universe you know whatever you believe that it's gonna come back to you and that goes exactly with free work and you know doing things for free um, Definitely. Yeah. So for you, when you were first getting started, if you could go back, you know, what would you say to yourself? I would say, and this is a really hard question too, because you're like, oh, I don't ever want to have a regret. But if I could go back and tell myself, hey, do this one thing and do it effectively, yeah. I would say fire more clients and focus on the 20%, um, which that means basically is the 80-20 rule. I would probably say no to more people and really get specific on who I want to work with. Now, you might be asking, like, dude, why would you do that? You know, why don't you fill up your pipeline? Why don't you, you know, get all this amount of capital you can? And there's a, there's a, there's a yes to that, but also there's a no to that. You know, I, I believe... I would rather do work with an influencer or with somebody who, you know, I don't charge anything, but they give me the utmost respect, they give me the utmost credibility, they blast my name out there, because that to me is worth way more money than working for a guy for $500 who's a complete onset, offset, and yeah. I'm just I'm just doing it for the money. Um, because I think a lot of freelancers are out there, Hassan, and you can, you know, parlay off of this, is they're just simply like doing things for the local mom and pop or the local, you know, uh, super grocery store, and not to say it's a problem at all. If you're happy, by all means, and they treat you with respect, by all means, keep on doing it. But if you're like in that gut, and your 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 little voice in your head's like, dude, this doesn't you know feel right. I don't know how I'm getting treated. You have to you have to move on. You yeah. have to move on. So yeah, I would actually fire more clients. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's awesome because actually one of the very first pieces of advice that I got from a professional you know, production company down in Irvine, California, they go by Change for Balanced Productions. One of the, yeah, one of the best pieces of advice they gave me was focus on the people who actually value your work. 
Um, and when, in my story, really, it really started with that first client down in Newport Beach, California. So when I put in, you know, all my effort and I did the best possible job I could for this client, she basically opened opened up her entire, um, you know, Rolodex to me. Basically, she gave me tons and tons of referrals that I used for a span of like six months. And that's what's so great about it is when you put your effort into people that actually value your work, you're gonna get a lot of ROI. And then when you're focusing on those who don't value your work, it's just it's just not a good relationship. And you really have to decide whether you're doing this for a quick monetary gain or are you really trying to establish and build strong long-term relationships. And it's it's kind of cool to also have you know that close relationship with who you're working with because long-term it just makes the process much more enjoyable. Yeah, and I think. You know, other than building really strong relationships with who you're working with, um, it's really positioning yourself and developing strategic partners, you know, people who are actually there to support you. So, so for example, the way I did this when I was first getting started um, was there was a local company um, down in Southern California, um, and they do basically Kickstarter campaigns for these huge companies. Um, and obviously, they're getting clients left and right. I think they do. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how many they do per month, but they had a high volume of clients and they couldn't always take on their clients. You know, the clients they were working with, they were like 10, 20, 30K um, for the project. So a lot of money involved into it. And this company couldn't always take on the smaller clients that come with them, you know, the one, two, three, four, five thousand dollar clients. So what I did is I partnered up with them. I was providing my service, you know, I was doing some Facebook ads for them, doing some content. And in return, they were referring those clients that they couldn't take on to me. So that's like a strategic partner that's someone, yeah, someone you're leveraging off of um, and it's just a great great relationship because you both are doing providing value for each other. And that's what's so yeah, great about and I, it. And I think, we, I think we can bring that back up to the surface and even dive more into that because I believe, uh, like you said, strategic partners are a huge integral part of business. Um, not to say like if you're, if you're in business and you're maybe like we talked about you don't have the best client or you have a client and you're maybe not getting that much out of them like from influence wise or you're not you know it's just for the monetary gain if that's the case right yeah. you have to have strategic partners or you have to be learning as much as you can i should rather say out of that one person like you know they always say like go work for an influencer for a year and see how it is or go work for somebody you look up to in your industry and you know learn from them so that I feel like also is a good part of the partners is like if you and I, right, like if I was like competitor and I'm like, dude, Silent Simplicity Films, you know, screw that guy. He's getting all my clients. He's taking all these roles. And I never reached out to you, you know, for help or, yeah. you know, mentoring. Like we wouldn't be doing this right now. And actually, I maybe, would, I maybe wouldn't be where I am today without you. And maybe that. some part of my, you know, affected that as uh, for vice versa too. You never know. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I don't know if you've noticed, there's like a huge trend with content creators and freelancers our age. Um, if you look at, it, for example, DJ Khaled's content guy, right? I think he's yeah. in his 20s, um, 25, I think is his age. Um, you know, DJ Khaled has a content guy. P. Diddy has a content guy. Um, you know, Drake has a content Will guy. Smith. All yeah. these, so when I look at just this last year, just in my circle of friends, right? For example, Teo. Um, he's a content creator based in Miami. We're actually going to have him on the podcast um, in a few episodes, so I'm excited for that. But his story is really, he found, um, there's a username, there's a guy, his name is The Real Tarzan on Instagram. 
Um, he found yeah. that guy, yeah. and, and now he's working exclusively. I believe he's working exclusively for him. Um, and then I had another friend who did the same exact thing for a bigger artist. And, and really, it's, that's kind of the move for especially these young content creators and influencers is go find that person that you admire and you look up to. And if you could right. reach on and, and work with them consistently and exclusively, one, it's a lot of money. Two, just think about how you're growing your audience, right? Because they're yeah. posting you, they're promoting your work. But that's really, I think, is a really, really smart move would be anyone out there that's, that's you know, our age, 18, from 18 to 25, you're a content creator, even younger. It isn't really, age is really just a number. Um, but if you, no. yeah, find that individual, and that's just going to open up so many doors for you. Right. And, you know, it, that's what I, that, I think you brought up a really good point, too, Hazan, because you mentioned, like, if they're promoting you and, you know, they're putting your name out there. How many careers out there, because this is something, it's like a joke, you know, I've talked to sound about, but how many careers out there listening right in this, are listening to this right now, have gotten the thing of, dude, I will totally pay you in the future, but right now, you know, I can only, you can only do it for free, you know, I'll, but I'll give you networking opportunities, man. I'll give you connections. I'll give you these things. It's like, dude, no, you won't. And most of the time, my clients that have actually gotten me more clients were paying clients, were people yeah. that literally gave me a transaction. Well, and if you, I, ever yeah, get a, if you ever get a DM from someone, right, after you reach out and they tell you, hey, you know, we'll give you some exposure, like, you can't pay your rent or whatever expenses you have with exposure or clout. So that's definitely not a good idea. You know, find those who are, who are actually value and care about the work that you're doing. And then always remember, it's like, have consistent quality work and the f referrals are just going to come because people are going to be proud to right. show your work and what you're doing for them. Right, exactly. And if you don't have people that plug you or put your name out there, okay, well, the monetary gain is there. But yeah. it's like, you know, like it's a hand-in-hand -hand thing. It's like, all right, if you're not getting monetary gain, if you're not getting monetary profit, but you're getting massive amount of referrals and massive amount of connections, then do that. Yeah. Or if you're getting massive amount of connections, you're massive amount of referrals, you're not getting monetary gain, but you're learning a ton that, you know, it's going to set you up for the next 10 years. Yeah. then do that. But if it's not either of the two, you should probably change your route. Like, you should exactly. probably do something else because now you're just getting whipped around. Now you're, like, looked at as a freelancer. And I think that brings up our next topic of how to not appear as a freelancer. So, Hassan, what would you say, like, three tidbits or four tidbits on something how you can be more credible as a freelancer, something that that most freelancers do that really sets them in a grave or, uh, you know, dig their yeah. own self in a hole. How, how would you respond? So I think professionalism is huge. You know, you don't want to come off as a freelancer. You want to come off as a business owner, someone who's running the whole show. Um, and one of the very first turnoffs or mistakes people do, like I used to do this, especially when I was getting started. You know, I think this is just how you get started. But really, it's how are you accepting payment once you actually get the client? Right. For example, are you sending your PayPal email? Right. That's not very professional. Are you are you sending out a professional, you know, set up invoice for the entire project in detail? They could see what exactly you're doing for them. So that's one quick way um, to really transition from being that freelancer to the business owner to, you know, you, you're just going to get treated a lot more professionally if you're sending out an actual invoice instead of just, hey, here's my PayPal email. Go ahead and pay me for the project. So that's that's one quick one. I believe, you know, you hit it right in the head, right? I think that you should definitely have a form of payment that's credible and, you know, legality-wise, everything like that. It's really important to come off as a credible advisor, or as my mentor always say, um, a trusted advisor. 
you know, I don't want to be labeled as a videographer. I don't want to be labeled as a freelancer. I don't want to be even labeled as a creator. I want to be labeled as the guy who gets you the ROI that you're expecting. The guy who completes the results that you had in your mind and I was the guy that made it happen. Like, my mentor always told me, um, you know, entrepreneurship, you're the guy that makes other people's dreams happen. And your responsibility is to make their dreams happen because if you don't, if you can't do that consistently, if you can't get out there and put up your word and do it in an effective manner with your videos or your, your creative art, you don't have a business. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I see a lot of freelancers do that maybe may, okay, let me rephrase. One thing that freelancers do too much of that they need to do more little of is create less. Mm -hmm. And I know people are just like, dude, what do you mean create less? Everyone's told me build my portfolio, you know, build more YouTube, build more, like, yeah, that's important. That That's really important. But it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of your time should be networking and getting out there and getting clients and prospecting. And 20% of your time should be used of creating for your clients, creating for yourself, and honestly outsource the creating for yourself if you can and have your friends do it, pay them like, you know, $100 a week, whatever it is, $50 a week, $25 a week, do something, outsource it to somebody else that'll help you, then you fill it back into your brand, then you throw that back into your business, but I don't know, I, it's not like, I just don't agree with people being like, all right, I'm gonna go 80% on my portfolio, my website, and all these other extracurriculars, and 20% I'm gonna do client acquisition. Yeah, I think people who are starting out too, they spend, they waste so much time you know, like if you're sitting there making your website two weeks into starting your business, you're making a mistake. It's like go get your first yeah. client first, you know, prove that you have what it takes, you know, do some high quality work and then worry about a website. You know, a lot of people don't even have, they have like a one page portfolio if the client even asks for it, right? So initially like your business is going to be a lot of word of mouth and, and that really, the way you own that is you do high quality, high quality work. So people are willing to, like are, are going to be willing to refer you. But then at the same time, you're eventually, will, as you grow, you get to the point where you just have that top of mind awareness and your business is right. big enough and you have that audience to where people are just going to naturally flow to you. Like you're going to start getting emails, you're going to start getting messages out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so that's what it takes is just initially just get going. That's a huge right. beginner mistake is like it's, it's fascinating to me how much time people spend on making a website when that's not what's going to get you income. You're now your first paying yeah. client. No, 100%. I just actually, um, today even, I was looking over some a creator's website, and it was fantastic. I mean, you know, a personal friend of mine, and he's really great at what he does. Uh, but I was telling him, he's like, dude, how much, how many leads do you have for your website? He asked me. And I was like, uh, probably like 1%. Like, I don't get anybody on my website. Um, granted, I'm not driving traffic or doing funnels or anything like that, but most of my referrals and my people that get into my network is from word of mouth, but also me promoting on my Instagram, on my Facebook, on my Twitter. You know, if you're if you're not promoting as much as you're creating, yeah. You know, you should you should really think back. Okay, what am I doing? How am I you know perceiving? Like, why am I creating? Uh, 80 hour work weeks just creating videos for myself that I ran and did with my friends like that's cool and all you know that, that go, go for it right I mean mm -hmm. all power to you have a time to do that but if you're not promoting actually like hey I am Andrewpedia or I am Hassan and I want to do work with you and you're not running ads around that or doing anything in promotion like dude you're that's that client acquisition is way off track 
What do you think about the promotional piece as far as being a creator and as far as getting your you know word out there in front of people? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's not one answer for getting your first client. You have to really yeah. go through the struggle of cold calling, emailing, reaching out to people on LinkedIn. There's so many ways you can do it, but the key is you have to have a very aggressive um, outreach method because that really like that's what how you're gonna get your first initial five you know because I call it the core like your first five clients that's the core of your business right and if you're working right. with people who actually value your work referrals start to kick in but at the same time you can't you know stop doing outreach but what I recommend is try all the different methods try cold calling try emailing try reaching out on LinkedIn you know don't like an Instagram DM goes a long way you know you'll be surprised yeah. what happens when you actually yeah. DM someone. Um, so see what works for you, see what works best with your style. Um, but I think there's not one specific answer and initially you have to do all of them until you find something that works for you. So that's what I would say. <laughs> no, you'll definitely be back way before that. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> awesome. Guys, I'm going to drop Andrew's social media links down in the description. So if you're watching here on YouTube, go check them out, give them a follow. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in for episode, I think, yeah, episode number four. Thanks for tuning in, um, and we'll see you guys in the next one.